This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, we've got a great guest on today because I love having our authors from Open to Hope on. Me too, and Beth is also a friend of ours, so I'm excited to have her on, and we've had her on before, and she's really written some wonderful articles, Mom. I was just revisiting a couple before the show. Aren't they great? And, you know, one of the big words on the Internet that we get a lot of visits for is bereavement, and her first article I'm looking at is Getting Help During Bereavement. So we hope everybody will go to the site and look at Beth Marshall because she is one of our great authors. Beth has um, lost three close family members in a few short years, and she's searched for light at the end of the tunnel, hoping it wasn't a train, of course. Surviving loss, recovery, and ultimately finding her new purpose led her to write a wonderful book, and it's called A Time to Heal. And I think you will all enjoy this book, A Time to Heal, and you can find it on our Open Hope website, and you can go to Amazon. But uh, it's got some scriptural references in it, and it's a grief journal, and if you are going through a loss, this is a wonderful companion to you. So, Beth, we want to welcome you to the show today. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much. Hi. Hey, hey, Heidi. It's such an honor to be back with you. I love the way you two interact with each other, and you welcome the guest in. We feel like family. <laughs> well, you certainly are part of our Open to Hope family, right, Heidi? Absolutely. Beth is wonderful, and I love, Beth, how you're always building awareness to people that we are out there for people 24-7. I think that's it. I think what most all, of, all three of us I know have seen is that grief can be a very lonely place. And during those late hours at night when you just can't even call somebody, I feel like places like Open to Hope or the Grief Toolbox are such welcoming places to go and to jump in on the forum and find out, you know, if there's someone else that might understand what kind of pain you might be involved in. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the Grief Toolbox because they're great friends of ours too, aren't they, Heidi? Absolutely. We do a lot with them and they post a lot of our stuff and we work together. So, yeah, we just, we want everybody to know about all the amazing resources that are out there because, you know, you know what it's like. After a loss, you really do feel alone. And it's so important to know that others have been there and made it and that they've They've found hope again. Absolutely. Well, tell us uh, what uh, made you, inspired you, to write A Time to Heal, a grief journal. Well, actually, well, you mentioned that our family lost three close people in a short period of time, but two of those were actually both of my parents. And so that was um, a season, I don't know that you can really prepare for having part of your heart ripped out, and that's what it felt like both times. And so that was really it. I can remember in the months after the most particularly difficult time, I think, was my mom's because of the nature of it was completely unexpected. Um, there was a phone call at 10 at night with no warning. And so that season ahead left me really feeling upside down. And, uh, and I can remember going to bookstores and trying to find just the right resource that would somehow touch that deep level of pain that I don't think I'd ever reached before. And nothing was speaking to me exactly where I needed it. But the one thing I felt was starting to um, to really help and to bring some comfort was my own journal. It was a prayer journal where I had written for years. And so I started to write. 
And it was, you know, the first months, if, if anybody of your listeners are writers, it might be some pretty angry scribbling. And I could even tell over the months that even my handwriting was starting to get a little more gentle and that a little healing was coming. But I found it was a real safe place to just write. No one was going to grade it, or there was it didn't have to be perfect. But it was a great place not just to write through the difficult parts, but the healing that I saw was writing through the funny story of my mom's life and to preserve those memories. You know, uh, it's interesting you're talking about writing now because I believe that the actual movement of the hand and with the mind and moving through it and actually writing it rather than typing it can be, uh, I think it accesses parts of the brain that it's important to access. And I think it slows us down. Uh, you know, with this talking, I mean, I record sometimes my emails and those kinds of things. And you're just talking and you're not getting that body movement. And I think that's fine, you know, but I think there are different ways. And, and for people, I think it works to do some writing. What do you think, Heidi? Well, and it's bringing up two things for me. I agree with what you're saying, Mom. And the the other piece is that not only, like Beth said, can you get it out and really, you know, cathartically talk about your loss, but you can also, when you feel strong enough, go back to those earlier times where you wrote in your journal and read it so that you realize that you're not in the same place as you were before. Because so many people that I've worked with and that I know in this world of loss say, you know, I feel like I'm in the same place I've always been. I'm not, I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving towards hope. But, but in reality, that's not true. They just can't see that. Beth, I wondered how you began to find your way out of, of grief. How did you know that you were starting to move out? Well, I think it was quite unexpectedly because uh, for some reason I had been going through grief pretty well isolated. I somehow thought that I didn't really need anybody to help me. Or, and that no one really, that it wasn't anybody's problem. It was just really my situation. And what I did was just kind of got by myself. And I realized uh, what a dangerous place that can be. I know, you know, after loss, we do need some of that time alone just to try to make any sense, even when there is none. But um, what I found happened when I got all by myself is that I started believing that little voice in my head saying, it's always going to be this painful and that you're never going to get any better. And I think people get there. It's easy to feel stuck in grief that things are always going to be the same. Uh, and then the most dangerous voice that I was hearing was that nobody really cares about you. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, and you haven't gotten the first casserole. That's what we do in the South. I don't know where you live. I know the <laughs> traditions are different. But we feed a fever, and we feed a cold, and we feed a loss. So that's sort of the... The, uh, the way we go about ministering to someone or reaching out. But it had been weeks, and I hadn't really gotten a lot of cards. This was in the, the months following Mom's death. And you start thinking, oh, maybe people don't care. Maybe her life didn't really matter. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking when you talk about this, you know, the number one visit we have on our site is looking for adults are looking for help with the death of a parent. And I just think that because oftentimes parents are older, we tend to minimize that a bit. You know, oh, yeah, her mother died, you know, and probably don't get the kind of traction that you get with other types of losses. What do you think about that, Heidi? That, that's what I'm thinking, Mom. That's what it's bringing up for me when Beth is saying this, that you're, you're not getting the support, like you said, that, that maybe the death of a child or the death of a sibling would get because, like you said, people just say, oh, well, they lived a good life or whatever. Which doesn't mean that it's and don't we hear? Any, 
easier, Beth, because you, you always had your parents in your life. And then all of a sudden you I wake up and, and your mom is gone. And then your dad. I mean, that must have been it, really, well, really I, difficult. It was. It was. And, and, and I, you're, I know exactly what you're saying, Heidi. People think, oh, well, she was not a young person. She was a grandmother. But she knew. I think the thing with our parents, as you two know better than anybody, our parents know everything about us, and they like us yep. anyway. Go figure that. You know, that's that person, I think, for most of us that are blessed to have parents that are supportive and kind, that this is that person that's always going to be there for you and that every birthday you've ever had they were part of and every holiday. And so it is a real a real unique kind of a loss, I found. Exactly, Beth. And I'm thinking we need our parents forever for different reasons. Like, for example, right now I have a teenager. So now I might need oh to go ask my mom questions about raising a teen. I mean, you know, as we go through different things in life, we need, a, we need our parents for advice and information. And that never stops. You know, there's another uh, aspect to this, too, and that is that some people did not have the best relationships with their parents, and they really feel that over time they're going to resolve those, and the death of a parent can end that idea that I will ever resolve this relationship. So there's some people out there that are grieving for the relationship that never happened. You know, I've heard that. You see that in sibling loss, too. Oh, oh, I bet so. Or things, I think there are always going to be things you wish you had said, or maybe some regrets, some things you wish you had gotten straightened out. But that's one thing that I try to, when I was serving in pastoral care at a large church, um, that was one thing I would suggest to people if they were beating themselves up with regrets or wishing things had been different, to write a letter to them. You know, write it in your journal, but to just write all those things out. It doesn't have to be in the least bit polite or calm. It can be, you know, gut-wrenching, but to write it all out, but to somehow find a way to get those things out. And what I've done because of my faith is just ask the Lord to take that, where it's too late for me to make those comments or to try to make things right. Um, Somehow I believe the Lord can come in and can just bring healing where there was not any during someone's life. Mm -hmm. And turn it over. Well, I love that uh, in your journal you have the journaling and then you have a scripture at the end. Do you have one special scripture in the, uh, the journal that you think would be most helpful to a person in early grieving? Oh, I do. I do. You know, I think, I know with your site, there are people from every faith in the world, but it seems that every single person has heard something from the Book of Psalms at a funeral service, maybe the 23rd Psalm. But the one that comes to me is Psalm 3418, where it talks about the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and that he will save us when we're crushed in spirit. And when, you know, I had known those words for years. And I had maybe memorized them, but until I was the person who was crushed in spirit and really understood what those words meant, uh, I don't think I realized how much comfort there was in that, wow. knowing that that is a promise. Crest, and that crushed we can, in spirit. Um, and, you know, we can long. take that to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crushed in spirit, that's powerful, isn't it, Heidi? It reminds me of just saying, I always just say suffering, but crushed in spirit really gives you a visual. Well, Beth, if I've had a recent loss of a parent or another loved one close to me, what would your recommendation, what do you think the first year is going to look like for me, for example? Well, I think what I would say is that every single person's journey is going to be completely different and that whatever you're feeling is really okay. Um, What I've seen is that people all grieve so differently, and I've seen people that go and get tattoos on their shoulders to Mm -hmm. honor someone, and I've seen, you know, people that start a a, a 10K run, 
and find real tangible things to do. For me, it was a season of unpredictable days. Because um, when I tried to look at any stages of grief and thinking that there would be kind of any order to my process, I found that uh, things were very out of order and that maybe one day, especially with the holidays more recently, but one day things would feel pretty calm if that's, if that's possible. And then with you know three notes of a Christmas carol or a song that's important <laughs> to you, that could all change. So I think what what I would say is to expect the unexpected and to be gentle to yourself, um, to realize that it is okay to not be okay. Something I think many of us try to do is just to put on a mask and to pretend like everything is just great and to use that four-letter dangerous word. You won't need your sensors for this, but F-I-N-E. And I know a lot of us do that. We say, fine, fine, oh, I'm okay, I've got this, when we really don't. And that, to me, is an opportunity where we can maybe let someone in a little bit to try to find a group or just a good friend that could go to see a mindless movie on a Sunday afternoon when it's when it seems like the days will never end. Well, I'm thinking uh, when I'm hearing this is also don't be surprised at your level of grief for uh, you're an adult and you lose a parent, an older parent. Don't be surprised at your level of grief and at the fact that maybe you won't get exactly the recognition that, you know, how much you are hurting. So that, that that's kind of, I don't know. What's your thought on that, Heidi? I, I absolutely agree with that. And also, you both kind of touched on this. Don't, don't, judge, don't judge yourself. We're so critical mm-hmm. of ourselves. We're not grieving right or we're not in the right place or we're not doing things correctly. And don't, don't judge the process. And don't judge your neighbor <laughs> like your husband or spouse or kids. Yeah, we've never. Well, I think that's where the great websites come in. And if you're, you know, having those moments, whatever time of day, to go to the forum and to just post a little quick sentence. And it's amazing to me the comfort that comes pouring in from unexpected sources. You can tell people are coming in from around the world when you see the way they've written and the words that they use. You know, There's so I, much comfort in that. Yeah, you know, we uh, drop the forums off of our website, but I will say one of the things that you can do is go to Beth's articles, Beth Marshall, and comment on her articles. She will love that, and you'll get back to them, right, Beth? I will. I will. What I think a lot of people have started turning to social media as a place to sort of express what you're going through. And it's real valuable to have someone else who will chime in and say, yes, I totally understand that. And so for some reason, it just gives us a little confidence to know we're not the only one who's feeling this way during a holiday or a birthday or a difficult anniversary. Well, Beth, tell us about your book, where we can get it. I understand that you've got a discount for us uh, for Open to Hope. And uh, tell us about that. We do. What's available at most bookstores or Internet sites, uh, Amazon.com, ChristianBook.com, but also through the publisher, Ambassador International, and we're going to post the phone number. But to call them, and when you call and mention Open to Hope, that they will provide a 25% discount, which I was thrilled. I love to get this kind of a book in the hands of as many people as I can because we never know when not just we're going to need it, but maybe a neighbor or a friend might. And so also at my website, which is atimetohealjournal.com, and um, that's a place it can link to the book or to read those articles, Heidi, that we were talking about earlier. 
Well, Beth, thank you so much for being on the show today, and thank you for being an Open to Hope author and an ambassador for Open to Hope. We really appreciate you and uh, look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Back to you, and thank you, ladies. I just appreciate what you're doing so much, and thank you, and God bless to all of you. Well, Heidi, uh, again, we come up with the death of an adult parent. I I think that's so important, and I'm glad we're getting some uh, radio shows on that topic. Absolutely. It is so important, and I just want to say, the the article that Beth just wrote had something really good in it. I wanted to share it really quick with you. It said, you know how people keep call, saying, call us if you need anything? Right. It said, keep a list of all the things you need done next to your bed, and when anyone calls you, take a photo of that and just text it to them or send it to them. <laughs> I love it. That's So fabulous. that you will have a list so people can do it. I thought it was a brilliant idea. I think it's brilliant, and you can add little things to the list because, you know, it's usually small things that you need help with, and you can't even and think about it. So I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the show today, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.